Hello and welcome back to Thirsty Bible Group Podcast. This is your girl Twila Grace, your host. I am so glad that you have decided to click play. Ooh, mouthful. <laughs> I'm decided I'm glad that you have decided to click play on this podcast. This is the podcast relating to Ruth chapter 3. In the month of May, we have been looking at the book of Ruth and those of you who have been listening may have heard chapters 1, the chapter 2 podcast and this is now chapter 3 and I'm excited to go into this because there's so much wealth and meat to build on and uh, so far I mean the word of God is pure it's amazing from Genesis to Revelation but particularly in the book of Ruth I must admit that the book of Ruth chapter 3 is the part where God really ministered to me personally and out of the three chapters we've covered in Ruth so far Chapter 3 is my favorite because I just feel like God was just showing me things um, that I could personally relate to. So I'm excited to share those things with you because I believe at Thirsty, there are so many women who come to draw water from the well and some of us come out at odd times of the day so that we don't bump into situations but God is waiting at the well Jesus is waiting at the well to give us water so we thirst no more and I really feel that chapter 3 of Ruth was my woman at the well moment so I'm excited once again to share this with you if you are listening to this podcast for the very first time or you are a regular may I encourage you to send me an email at thirstybiblegroup at gmail.com that's thirstybiblegroup at gmail.com you may also wish to send me a whatsapp on plus four four seven four five six nine five zero zero eight one that's our ministry and line and email address so you may want to join our prayer group and bible study group because we meet every monday of the week and every friday for prayers so why don't you do that drop in an email at thirstybiblegroup at gmail.com or send a whatsapp message to plus four four seven four five six nine five zero zero eight one let us know how the messages on this podcast are blessing you or if at all you would want to join the thirsty bible group but without further ado i'm gonna say grab your favorite drink position yourself grab your bible your pen and notepad and let's bow our heads before we go into the word and ask God to open our eyes and hearts and ears so that we may hear what the Holy Spirit has to say today. Father, we thank you for this day once again. Thank you for bringing manna from heaven. Thank you for bringing a fresh word. Your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's strong enough, Heavenly Father, to pierce through the tissues of life, to pierce through the hurt and the pain, to pierce through the hearts of men and women, edifying the body, edifying your vessel. So God, as we go into Ruth chapter 3 today, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you gather all the roots around the world who need to hear this as they are in their process, as they are in the field, toiling and working on themselves, working and picking up all the pieces, that God, you will bring all the roots from across the world 
that they would learn from you what it is that you want them to learn, that they would be encouraged just as you encourage me. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' name, for every woman gathered to hear this podcast today. Bless them, bless them, and bless them indeed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you've got your Bible, notepad, and pen, and your favorite drink, because we are going to dive straight in. This week, I want to do something slightly different. If you've listened to the first and second podcast of the book of Ruth, um, I would have read through the whole chapter of Ruth chapter 1, read through the whole chapter of Ruth chapter 2. We are now in Ruth chapter 3, and by this time, I, tr- I trust, ooh, by this time, <laughs> I trust that you would have heard and listened to the message and also picked up your Bible and independently read through the book of Ruth chapter 3. So we're just going to dive in to the specific verses that I believe need highlighting and shedding a little bit more light in regards to what we're talking about today. So the topic of today is entitled prepare and position yourself. One thing I want to make very clear, absolutely clear from the get-go is I learned, I always, always thought, and you might be, I'm speaking to the Ruths as I'm speaking today. I'm speaking to the Ruths. And when I say the Ruths, like I said in chapter two, in podcast two of this series, um, when we refer to you as Ruth, so when I refer to you as a Ruth, please understand I'm not talking about your biological birth name. I'm talking about you as a Ruth in character, what we're learning about this woman, her character, what is it about her character that keeps her moving forward. So today in Ruth 3, I'm I'm talking to the Ruths of this generation. I'm talking to the Ruths of this moment. If you can identify yourself as a Ruth based on what you have read about this woman, then you will relate to exactly what we're diving into today, which is to prepare and position yourself. There are some opers who have walked away, but I'm talking to the Ruths who stick around and keep going forward. Now, I always thought that harvest time was a time to relax. It's not until I read through the book of Ruth chapter 3 that God started to show me that harvest time is actually one of the seasons that you will most likely work a lot more than when you were plowing the land, than when you were planting the seed. Because in those seasons, you have a moment to pause. You have a moment to get out there, till the land, make sure that you prepare the ground. You allow it to be wet through rain or you sprinkle it with water with your horse pipe. You go back in the house, you prepare the land. You get back in with your grain and, you know, the seed and you spread it out. You go back in, wait for it to grow. So there's moments of working and rest as you go through that process. But when harvest season comes, that's the season when one needs to work twice as much in order to catch up with time. Time is against you in harvest season. And the reason is being that you ought to really preserve the things that you have worked so hard for in the previous months. Least they rot, least they stay out there for too long, the sun burns them too long. 
it depends on exactly what it is you've been growing. And I want to share a piece of wisdom before we actually go into the word that relates to what we're talking about today, which is prepare and position. I uh, was speaking to one of an amazing woman who God has sent in my life, and I like to call her Auntie Tally. And she told me about how when you are harvesting things like strawberries, those things are more likely to rot quicker. So what you want to do is go strawberry picking as quickly as you can. Make your strawberry juice, make your strawberry pie, make your whatever it is that you intended to make from the raw ingredient, you need to go out there, harvest it and make it quick. Because the longer you take in picking up those strawberries, the longer they stay out there, they become mushy and they become, they, be, they begin to rot. In comparison to maize, for example, every African person that might be listening to this knows exactly what I mean when I give maize as an example which is an example that Auntie Tally gave, she was talking about how maize never goes to spoil. Really, when maize gets dry, you can put it out there and, you know, let it dry out in the sun. You can, you know, grind it, use it as maize meal and make a shima or pap, whatever you call it, from whichever African country you're from. And some of us like porridge made from maize. Or you can eat it from the cob as it is fresh boil it, roast it, whatever, various ways of preparing it. So you see, there are some things that we grow in our field that can last long out there as we are harvesting, but some of them, like strawberries, are so delicate that we really need to be putting in double the amount of work in our season of harvest. So a season of harvest requires you to prepare and to position yourself. You cannot give birth to something if you aren't positioned in the birthing position. You have to birth your, you have to put, put yourself in a birthing position in order for you to get into birthing that thing in that season. So I encourage you to read the book of Ruth chapter 3 if you haven't. Pause this podcast, go back and read the book of Ruth. And make sure that you listen to the first two podcasts because only then will you understand where we're going with this and what it means for your life. A few key words that uh, stood out to me in the book of Ruth as I read it were the words rest. And when I looked it up, it goes on to talk about rest means to settle down. When the Bible talks about maidens, those of you who are reading from the King James, this is an old English term to mean female servant. The remnant refers to uh, the wrapper, the mantle, the covering, the garment that you are going to be wearing. And I just need you to write in your notebook when we talk about the garment that you're wearing. We're talking about the garment that is described in Ephesians chapter 6. The barley is something that represents roughness that needs to go onto the threshing floor for smoothing. Washing, whenever the word talks about washing, it's talking about really reading the word to cause it to wash you over. The word of God is a cleansing agent. So when we read the book of Ruth, we find the word washing where Naomi is telling Ruth to go and wash herself. The Holy Spirit is represented by Naomi is what we learned in chapter 2. And Ruth is representing you and I. 
So could it be that the Holy Spirit is saying, go and wash yourself, go and read the word of God as a part of you preparing and positioning yourself for the harvest season that's going to come. The interesting word I also came across finally as a key word in Ruth chapter 3 was the word winnowing. When you look at the winnowing process and you Google it, you will find that there are the, the, the terminology winnowing is an agricultural method that was developed by ancient cultures that helps to separate the grain from the straw. It's also used um, to remove pests from the stored grain. So this is all part of your preserving that which you have harvested from your hard work. And winnowing usually follows the threshing in the grain preparation. And that's exactly what we see the book of Ruth telling us. The story is set that it's harvest season. So as we go into this word today, ladies, I want you to understand that some of us, if you are, I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, that if you are listening to this podcast, you are listening to it by divine appointment. I remember before I clicked record, I had to bow my head and pray. And I asked God to send women from around the world who would listen to this particular podcast that needed to listen to it. I asked God to open or use my mouth to speak that message that he knew the women he was sending needed to listen to even five years from now. So I truly believe that whatever is going to come out of me right now is a message intended for you who is listening in this very moment. It's also a message intended for me as the vessel that God is using. The winnowing process we find out in chapter 3 is talking about a process of separation from the grain, uh, separating the grain from its straw and also removing what is a pest from the stored grain. I wonder is God calling you, has God ordered you to press play on this particular podcast because you have now entered your harvest season or you are about to enter your harvest season. You are at the blinking mouth uh, or the edge of the harvest season. Uh, I don't know what blinking mouth is, but it sounds pretty good. You're at the mouth or at the verge of your harvest season and God wants you to pay attention as to how you prepare and position yourself. So in verse 2, of Ruth chapter 3 the Bible says this is us now we're going straight into looking at what it means for us to prepare and position ourselves Ruth chapter 3 verse uh, 2 and now is not Boaz of our kindred with whose maiden thou wast behold the winner with barley behold he winner with barley tonight in the threshing floor I just wanted to talk to the women, the Ruths who are um, preparing for their harvest season. Whatever you are harvesting, it could be a new business, it could be a new job, it could be a new relationship. Your harvest season, the things that you have been sowing all along and now you're about to reap. Ruth is 
being told by Naomi, being um, encouraged to look a certain direction in the direction of Boaz and saying in verse one, then Naomi, her mother-in-law said unto her, my daughter, shall I not find rest that it may be well with thee? Perhaps we should start there because we looked at the word rest, meaning to settle down. I'm talking to you, Ruth, now, the Ruth of today. Where is it in your life that you are finding restlessness? That place, that place, yes. The place in which you just thought about this very moment and you thought, God, I'm anxious in that place. I'm restless in that place. That place is the place where God wants you to have a harvest. He wants you to experience a mighty harvest in that place that you are presently and currently feeling anxious and restless about. And he's drawing your attention to that place because he wants you to prepare so that how you handle yourself in that area will be different from how you handled yourself in the past. That you've been putting in some work towards harvesting in that area. But for some reason, you might still be anxious about it. And God is saying, it's time now to find rest. A home of rest. A place of rest. If you've been anxious about job security, it's now time to find rest. If you've been anxious about when getting married, when you get married, how you get who you get married to. It's now time to find rest. It's now time to position and prepare because your job is coming. Your marriage is coming. Your child is coming. You will give birth one day, Sarah. You will give birth one day, Hannah. You will get married one day, uh, Ruth. You will find a job one day, Ruth. You will find a field where you can go and glean in. So it's harvest time, Ruth. It's harvest time. When we progress on to verse 2, the Bible is talking about Naomi saying, Now, in relation to your rest, my daughter Ruth, isn't Boaz our kindred with whose maiden thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley on the threshing floor tonight. Two things I want to point out here. The Holy Spirit will always give you um direction and when he gives you direction that direction is not something that he will say you must do i believe because god has given us free will he also gives us options so we see naomi here pointing ruth towards a a man who is surrounded by other women, surrounded by other maidens, which means he has choices, he has options. And we later on get to find out, because of what Boaz said to Ruth, we find out that she too had options, she had choices. Okay, so what God is going to bring you this season You, the Ruth of today, who is looking for meaningful relationship, God is going to bring you in a place and to a place where there are options. But your choice and his choice is what will hold you together. So I just wanted to to stop there for a moment and encourage every woman to say, when you are um, seeing a young man or he a young man is seeing you or you're about to start seeing each other 
do not get anxious don't get restless when there are other women around him and neither should he get anxious or restless when you are beautiful and there are other men around you because what brings you both together is the fact that you have options and have chosen each other regardless of who is available and who is around you the fact that he doesn't choose you when he has other options around him is not a flaw that you have the fact that you don't choose him when there are other options around you is not a flaw that he has because we all have choices and we choose what it is that we choose just as we see with Boaz and uh, Ruth as the story unfolds now this what I've just said is in relation to relationships now I know um, there's a difference between you know God guarding your heart and telling you well this is going on and be careful guard your heart this person might not be as genuine as they seem or you know vice versa there's a difference there but what we're talking about is when you now start chasing the man when you Ruth start chasing Boaz you you were never called to chase him you might have been called to mark where he's sitting so that you can sit at his feet and he would spot you and recognize you but you were never called to go and chase after him there's nothing wrong with Ruth sitting at his feet or Boaz until she gets recognized not say a word until she gets recognized but there is everything wrong with having to chase Boaz who is chasing the options around him but yet decides that he wants you he's got to decide that he wants you without chasing the options around him in as much as you've got to decide I want to stay at his feet and not go with the options that are around me so that's just a little nugget for anyone out there who might be in a sticky situation um, to end this thought my my um word of encouragement to any Ruth is watch watch the Boaz that you're looking at don't watch the women around because the women will always be there even when you get married they will always be there watch the decision that your Boaz makes will he choose you or will he choose the options he has around him and if he does that's okay it just goes to show that perhaps that was not your Boaz and it gives an opportunity for God to bring about and bring you about into another season where you would harvest and find uh, a field that you can work in that Boaz will say whose damsel is that and that will be in your direction I'm hoping that that is making uh, some sense to someone um, in verse in verse 3 is where we see that the preparation has now started Naomi says to Ruth wash thyself therefore and anoint thyself and put on the remnant upon thee and get thee down to the floor this is talking about the washing the anointing and the putting on some clothes is talking about preparation getting to the floor is talking about positioning I wonder is Naomi saying to you Ruth of today I wonder is the Holy Spirit saying to you the woman listening to this podcast go and wash yourself and as I mentioned earlier 
Washing represents reading the word of God. Let the word of God be your healing agent that heals you from all the pain of the past. Puts you together as you are in this field gleaning with purpose. Wash yourself. Anointing. Anointing represents consecration. It basically means uh, consecration. Setting yourself apart. Setting yourself apart. I want to draw your attention to uh, Matthew chapter 25. In the book of Matthew chapter 25, we see the story of the 10 virgins. And I want to use this story to highlight what anointing means for us as Ruths in this generation as we prepare ourselves for the harvest season that God is bringing us into. In Matthew 25, we see the story of the 10 virgins, five were wise and five were foolish. Virginity in our society is something that people will pride on in the sense of I've never slept with another man, I've never been undefiled, and, and it's such a beautiful thing to, uh, to, to look to. Even the Bible encourages it because it talks about no sex before marriage. But what about the woman who is now beginning to be a Ruth, who cannot testify to the fact that she's a virgin in the physical uh, sense of the word? What about that woman? Are we just going to discard her? No, we're going to talk about Matthew 25 and see that in this story, the fact that 10 of them were virgins was not the thing that God wants to draw our attention to in this particular moment. He also wants to tell us that these 10 virgins each had a lamp. The lamp is the word of God. If we quickly switch to Psalms 119, verse 105, we see that David says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we see that these 10 virgins were undefiled because they had the word of God, which is their lamp that they carried with them. But what made five of these wise five of these foolish was one thing, the oil. And as we have learned, the oil represents consecration, being set apart. So it is my belief that the 10 virgins, their, uh, their, their ability to carry the lamp, which is the word of God, really speaks about some of the women and some of the men and some of the people as a whole in the church today. There are some people who are carrying the word of God, which is the lamp, but there are those of us who are going the extra mile by carrying the oil. And the oil means being set apart, being consecrated. So you're not living your life how the world says you should live your life. In your spare time, you're reading the Bible. You're not just carrying it. You're reading it to the extent where it's now beginning beginning 
to govern how you live your life. It's beginning to show you direction. It's not just the words on a page called the Bible, but it's actually being engraved on your heart. You're looking at it like you're doing now. You're studying the book of Ruth and you're saying, what does this mean to me? How does this, um, how does this reflect in my life? If I was the character in the Bible right now, if I was Ruth right now, how would my story unfold? What would be some of the things that I would need to change and adjust? That's when you begin to buy the oil. You buy the oil by assessing your life, how you live, the things that you've learned from your brokenness, maybe from the things that from the things that have happened to you, from where you're coming from, from how you're handling your life in the present and where you're going in the future. All of these aspects are causing you to buy the oil, to separate yourself from how the the other five virgins who are called foolish because they didn't go through this process and therefore they did not obtain the oil. And what we find out is that the foolish virgins now start borrowing oil. There are some things, ladies, that you can borrow. You can borrow shoes, you can borrow an outfit, but you cannot borrow character. You cannot say to your friend, can I borrow the, your character for a hot minute so I can impress my Boaz? If you're gonna impress your Boaz, you're going to have to work on you so that you can in, 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 you can impress him when he does come because in Matthew 25 we see that Boaz did come Christ did come the bridegroom did come at midnight midnight being the hour between yesterday and today so i wonder when you are asleep in the midnight hour if your blessings should come if your harvest season started at midnight would you be prepared would you be a virgin would you have carried the lamp would you have carried the word would you have bought the oil enough to burn through the night enough to burn in the morning enough to burn until your harvest comes or would you be the type who was asking the other to say can i buy can i grab some from you so going back to the book of ruth we're talking about preparing and positioning and as we see in 3 verse 3 naomi is telling ruth to wash herself basically in the word anoint herself set herself apart Boaz was surrounded by other women, but Ruth was not like all the other women Boaz was surrounded by. You see, the thing is, when Boaz is ready, he will choose Ruth. But when Boaz isn't ready, he may choose the other women around him. The other women, the 10 virgins in Matthew 25, which we just looked at, they all hang around together. They were in the same place. Matter of fact, some of them looked like each other. Uh, if Boaz came, he might have dated one person that looked like the other and vice versa. But you see, when Boaz is ready, he looks at the oil. What oil is she carrying? Does she have oil in her lamp? Does she have oil in her lamp? In Matthew 25, when the bridegroom came, he took the five wives who had the oil and shut the door. When the other five came by, after they'd returned from buying the oil, they found the door was shut and they couldn't be allowed in. When Boaz saw Ruth 
It was the oil, it was the process of preparation that she had been through that made him question people around him. Who is that damsel? Whose damsel is she? So I'm speaking to Ruth of today. Are you prepared for what God has for you in this season? As we move on in um, verse 3, the other part of verse 3 is where Naomi points out that Boaz was going to be uh, winnowing the grain that night. When I reached this part, I had to do a little bit of research and ask myself, God, why would Naomi ask Ruth to go and get washed, get anoint herself and get a, a beautiful garment on for a process such as the winnowing process, which when you look up, if you, I encourage you to go on YouTube and just type in the winnowing process. It's such a messy process in the sense that the grain gets beat up on this um in this type of a floor and the grain is put in this basket and when the the person holding the basket kind of throws the grain up in the air the, the what what that process is designed to do is the wind will blow away the straw which is the lighter part of the whole thing the whole process it blows away the straw which is like the shell of the wheat and so because the wind blows away the lighter part the heavier part the part with substance goes back into the tray and this heavier part the part that has substance is what we now eat this is the wheat so I wonder whether that's also a metaphor for the season of harvest as I said in the beginning is a season where you're working even twice as much because there's so many layers and so many processes to allow for the the harvest to happen for you to reap what you've been working on when the wind comes when the wind of life when the trials of life comes it will blow away people in your life who are light that that love to walk away when the going gets tough that's what the wind is designed to do so be grateful in this season my dear Ruth if you're going through a season where you feel like life is beating you up stop asking why me it might just be that God is harvesting you God has sent the wind that will expose the straw of your life those who represent the straw the things that represent the straw of your harvest those things will be blown away they will walk away they will say goodbye I'm walking out I'm going those things will die those things will cease because their season in your life has ended they did what they were supposed to do and it's harvest time so only the thing that weighs more than the straw only the things that have substance will remain where you are so I was wondering why Naomi had to ask Ruth to go and get washed when she walks into this place and she's washed and anointed. She's washed and she's got body lotion on. The straw is only going to stick to her and mess her up. 
And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, the winnowing process, the process of separating the grain from the snow, is not something you can do without having washed and anointed yourself. And I looked at that and I thought, wow, what an amazing thing, because being able to separate the straw from the grain, you're going to need some discernment. You're going to need your eyes to be open so that you don't cry when the straw gets blown away and the wheat is what stays with you. The things that have substance remain with you. You're going to need open eyes and an open ear and an open heart unto God. And that's why you need to be washed in the word, anointed by separating yourself as you study the word so that you can get nuggets like what we are talking about on this podcast today. Many times I've read the book of Ruth in my whole Christian life as a child and I never saw it like this. But I I thank God that this is what God was pointing to me personally and my season that I've been in to prepare me for my harvest. And I, I trust God that if you are listening to this message as a Ruth, that God will bless you in the same way. He will show you the areas where he's blowing away the straws of your life. He's taking the things that represent the straw. And as we read earlier, that the, the, the winnowing process not only removes or separates the grain from the straw, but it also removes pests from the stored grain. What a blessing. It doesn't end there. The, the seed, the substance now has to go through the crushing in order to prepare the grain. It's, it goes through onto the threshing floor. And that's the event that was happening that Naomi was saying to Ruth, this is what's going on. Go and position yourself where such a process is happening. But in order for you to position yourself in such a process, you need to have been processed yourself. You need to have gone through your own preparation so that you can understand that process when you get there. I just want to say, Father, bless every woman listening to this podcast that may be relating to this because you have sent them here. And I pray that you would open their eyes to see where it is that they need washing of the word, where it is in their lives that they need to be anointing themselves by buying the oil right now, and where it is that they need to position themselves for the blessing that you have for them, because I know that you will surely, surely bless them in Jesus' name. In verse 5, um, Naomi points out to Naomi, uh, Naomi points out to Ruth that when she does this and goes and position herself at his feet without making herself known that she's there, Naomi says to Ruth, He will tell you what to do. Don't go and announce that I'm here, she says. He will tell you what to do. After he's finished eating and drinking, when Jesus met with the disciples, he was sharing with them bread and water. He will tell you what to do when he finishes eating and drinking. You see, ladies, as you are going through the process of washing yourself, anointing yourself, 
putting on the perfect garment of righteousness in Ephesians 6, the full armor of God, whilst other women may be bragging that they're wearing Louis Vuitton and Gucci and all the other designers in the physical but nothing in the spiritual sense, you can brag about wearing these designer clothes physically but in the spiritual, please, please brag about the fact that you are wearing a designer clothing called the full armor of God. Go through the book of Ephesians 6 because it describes it from head to toe, head to toe, what it means. One day, I think I'm going to do a podcast on the book of Ephesians 6 and what the full armor of God garment looks like for us ladies. What does it mean? But this is the garment that Ruth is now wearing. And I wonder, are you wearing your garment today? Have you anointed yourself? And have you washed yourself? Because when you go through that process, only when you go through that process, will God allow you to meet the Boaz who will now have also gone through his own process of preparation. This podcast is split into two sections. So why don't you click on part two of preparation and positioning yourself.